Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? If you have, the best answer for doing one is Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, posting, and distributing your podcast. Anchor is available to download for your Apple or Android devices, or you can go to anchor.fm. Best of all, it's 100% free and so easy to use. So what are you waiting for? If you want to start your own podcast, download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. Anchor, the best way to make your podcast. is the Mofobo Network Podcast, bringing you the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. Now, here's your host, Neil Villapiano. Okay, and what is going on, everybody? And welcome back to a much-anticipated edition of the Mofobo network podcast as always i am your host neil Villapiano, and yeah it's been a little bit a little bit of time since the last time we we had a podcast episode you know things have been uh picking up uh getting much much busier over the last couple of uh weeks so i apologize but i'm so glad you guys could tune in today and today here as we always do on this show we have a ton to get through in the world of sports and we're going to specifically talk about the game of hockey. Haven't really talked about it too much here on the podcast, but thankfully today I am not alone because I am with a very special guest and somebody who I consider to be a friend that I have made over the past couple of weeks. And he is one of the co-owners, founders of the world famous, in my opinion, Hockey Pod Network. It's a network for basically hockey fans. And there's pretty much a hockey pod for every single team in National Hockey League, so it's a really, really cool experience. So if you're a fan of any team or just a fan of the NHL and, and hockey, definitely go check out these podcasts because they are great. He also is one of the, is one of the hosts of the Minnesota Wild podcast, which is called The Soda Pod, and he will give you uh, more information on how to check him out. But it is none other than my good friend, Isha Jerome. Isha, welcome to the Mofobo Network Podcast. How are you doing today? Good man, what an intro! Holy cow! Um, thanks for yeah, th- thanks for reaching out. I, it's a pleasure to be here. And yeah, I mean, for the last couple of weeks, it's been nonstop us connecting over Twitter, talking sports, talking about you know what we're doing to stay busy during this health crisis. And yeah, man, it's it, it's an honor to be here, and, and it's an honor to to call you a friend as well. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And you know, I've already been listening to a handful of different podcasts. Uh, I've listened to Offside by a Mile. Blue and Gold Make Dalene. And uh, I've had a couple really good laughs with the official Caps Chirp podcast. Those guys really uh, really know how to make your day feel better with, with, their, uh, with their episodes. So, you know, Buddy. I got to tell you guys, you know, you guys do an excellent job of, you know, just having fans of every team in hockey in general just have something to look forward to every single week with multiple episodes, different guests, different topics. And, uh, you know, really that kind of brings me into my first question for you, Isha, just talk to us a little bit about 
you know, the background of how the Hockey Pod became a thing and uh, just kind of introduce yourself to uh, all the listeners out there. Oh, absolutely. And before we get into all that, and it will, uh, it will come back first full circle, trust me, but if you want laughs too, you got to check out the Stick and Rink Boys. They're the Vancouver Canucks podcast. However, <laughs> I say they maybe talk about, you know, 20% Vancouver Canucks and NHL and then 80% just being 25-year-olds living in Vancouver. The last episode, episode 55, was... Uh, was a hoot. It was, it was something special. It's one to bookmark for the archives. So uh, just a little plug to them. And to, to answer your question, to go back uh, a few years now, my business partner and co-creator of the Hockey Podcast Network, Dylan Kayser, who actually also hosts the San Jose Sharks podcast on the mm-hmm. Hockey Podcast Network, the Stick Hungry podcast. Yep. They actually just, just brought on former National Hockey League player uh, Kyle McLaren as a co-host. So go check that out, guys. It's good stuff. Uh, those two, along with producer T, uh, the third host of that show. So Dylan and I, I guess it was, wow, almost o- over three years ago now. I had recently, uh, well, Dylan had recently finished up university. I was changing my career path a bit. I originally started university uh, a little bit later than than most of my friends coming right out of high school. I actually moved. I'm from Vancouver Island, British Columbia, the uh, the Hawaii of Canada, as I like to call it, off the west coast of Vancouver. And it's not and it's not just a little island. Like it's a it's a it's a big ass island here. Right. So people always ask me like, "Oh, do you, I know someone on the island? Do you know them?" I'm like, "No, nah, man. I'm sorry. Like it's right. it's it's a uh, yeah. It's as big as some of your states out there, though, with much less people. But anyways, back <laughs> on track here. Um, I I I was finishing up. Um, my university and went through a career change. I originally started in uh, what's out here called child and youth care. Um, I wanted to go into some sort of social work field. And though I thrived academically, um, I'm kind of a nerd. Um, <laughs> once I got into practice, it's, it's a lot harder to practice than to preach. And though I, from an analytic point of view and from analysis and, and case notes, um, write-ups and stuff like that, I could do all that, that office work the stuff you learn in university, but when it came down to, to working with the families, to working with the youth, to working with kids where honestly, Neil, like some, some of these scenes are, are very quite sad and devastating in the moment I, I did find and, and, you know, did excellent work in my own opinion. And, and, you know, some of my, my peers and, uh, and those supervising me at the time said I could probably be fine making a career out of this, but I just figured out that I, I, I'm an emotional guy. I bring too much home with me. And I sensed that burnout would be a lot quicker in my case than a lot of my friends and colleagues in the field. Because when you do this type of work, burnout right. is, it's inevitable. I mean, there's right. only so much a human can, can take in regards to, well, letting all that stuff go when you go home and getting out of, you know, work mode and dealing with your own stuff, quite frankly. So I think that was mature of me to, to realize that, unfortunately, four years in, two practicums done. So I floundered for a bit. I, I realized I didn't want to be a university dropout. I, I, I I pretty much paid my own way. So I wanted, I wanted to walk out with a degree and and being a little bit older, you know, not starting right out of high school. I felt like I I had something to prove to myself and and to my, my peers and colleagues who had actually helped me get to this level academically. So I I swam a bit around and dabbled in a few other just minors to try to figure out, okay, well, what am I going to finish my major in? And I, I luckily found some great, great teachers in the communications program at at my university here at the University of Victoria. Though it wasn't a major, I I completed uh, a minor in communications and a lot of my professors basically said, hey, you got a knack for talking sports and you have a creative mind. Um, You can write because of your background in case reporting and stuff with child and youth care and you can talk 
because of all these counseling skills that you've learned. Maybe going into sports media or some sort of media is something that you can, uh, you can dabble in. So instead of dabbling, Neil, I went all in. Called up my friend Dylan, who's like the, the, one of the best hockey minds I know. And he's a huge listener of uh, our local AM radio, uh, sports radio stations here on the West Coast. More so than I ever was at the time. He grew up listening to these guys. Uh, the, yeah. the now TSN 1040, the former Team 1040. Well, one of the best sports radio stations in all of North America, in my opinion. And I, and I dabble in pretty much every market these days. Ooh. And so um, we basically just started talking hockey, started going camping in the summer. Um, our friendship grew just a little bit more through sport. And, and, and funny enough, uh, after high school where we first met, when I moved to Vancouver Island, and we found that all the topics that we talked about naturally and unprompted were the same sort of topic, same sort of analytical angle that a lot of these prominent sports guys were, were, were bringing to the radio station. Now, not, not saying that you know, we're on their level and we could present it in a way that they could, but we noticed that, hey, like, we have the minds for this. We have the time for this. Maybe we should do a podcast. And three and a half, four years ago, podcasts were around, obviously, but they weren't just budding out of every sector of every sports market in in the world and not even sports market i'd say right. like pop culture and stuff as well so we started a podcast basically just cracked a couple beers um turned the mic on we both have a a background in in, in audio and music editing dylan did a lot of uh, hip-hop production and i um well i was a musician back in calgary that's actually how i paid my rent so i'm familiar Ooh. with audio editing and stuff like that so that part was really easy for us um, and we started a podcast called, well, the stick and rink podcast. And yeah, it was Vancouver based. It was branded with the Vancouver colors, but we really wanted to make it an all hockey podcast yeah. and also appeal to those on the West coast, bringing a little bit of Vancouver Canucks flavor since that's well, media wise surrounded us. So we did that podcast for about just over two years. Um, four months in, we got picked up by a local radio station who didn't necessarily broadcast the podcast because the podcast itself, it was a little raunchy, you know, it was a little explicit, just not, <laughs> not for radio, but they, they dug what we were doing enough to offer, offer us a, a two hour slot uh, every Sunday. And we were able to keep that audio after going on air and then putting wow. it on our podcast feed. So wow. every week, we had uh, we had up, sometimes up to three and a half four hours of audio because our podcast went obviously a lot longer and sometimes we did like a little pregame show prior to the podcast because there was an extra slot there where we while doing our prep would play music and have fun in the studio but it was a great experience not only to to learn about the, the game of podcasting and also radio as uh, this community station that broke off from the the university at the time did a great job to pump local content. So we did that with, a, with another co-host who now is doing his own thing in the Vancouver market and, uh, and he's doing outstanding work with the, the Canucks army. We realized two and a half years, three, I guess almost three years in that with all these budding Vancouver Canucks based podcasts in this market in particular, there's no way that we were going to take it any further. And Dylan, he's a business guy. He comes from a family of entrepreneurs and I'm a creative guy who wanted to use this platform to, uh, to, to push my career because the, after doing communications, obviously it wasn't a major in university. I wanted to finish a major. So I, funny enough, went into religious studies because that was the only thing that got me out of university as fast as possible. Again, I'm a nerd. I don't mind the history. We can get into that a different day. But anyways, I, I, didn't, I don't want to go back and I, and I still, I didn't, and I still don't want to go back to broadcasting school to, to start a career because I personally don't think I need to. I've done th almost three years of radio, started a podcast and network been working with you know audio editing and stuff and i feel like i have the tools already to uh to kind of carve my my career out and so far so good so anyways back to the story 
we were trying to think of ways that we could grow stick and rink or just, I don't know, take our platform and product to the next level. We realized that us with our experience at the time, that wasn't going to happen just doing stick and rink and working out of this particular radio station. So we took a huge jump, man. And we decided, well, if we can't make a dent in the market with you know, a bigger dent in the, the all sports market with just one podcast and radio show, let's do the entire league and some. And what was going to be a whole year of a planning project uh, was right. fast tracked to a summer with all the interest and all the, the great, great hosts that we reached out to and, and brought aboard this, this network that uh, within four months, we created the Hockey Podcast Network, um, scouting and prepping while we were still doing the, the Stick and Rink radio show. And a lot right. of people ask us, well, well why, why aren't you doing the Vancouver Canucks one since you already have a brand? Um, you know, why is Dylan doing San Jose and you doing Minnesota? Well, the story there is Minnesota and San Jose, they were the hardest teams to scout as both of those markets are, well, they're pretty established in those who are doing independent work and or work with the radio station because a lot of our, our hosts on the network do actually work either for ESPN or, or Fox respectively. Right. Um, and we had every intention of continuing the stick and rink brand and niche ourselves because Dylan and I obviously working together, being friends and, and well, planning all this together, ha have a tremendous chemistry in, in entertainment and, and podcasting and, and doing radio. But we found these two guys, Elijah and Josh, in the Vancouver Canucks market who just brought something different than what everybody else in the market, including us, because we were very much like analysis versus entertainment, though Dylan and I can go off the rails. These guys were entertainment first. And we said, you know, what? if there's anybody who's actually going to make a dent in this Vancouver Canucks market, it's these guys. So we handed off the entire brand to them. We gave them the Twitter account. Um, we told all our followers and diehards that these are the guys now who are going to run it. And so far it's been, uh, it's been tremendous for them. It's been, the, the network has been tremendous for us. And uh, it's been so fun diving into to the, the Minnesota wild market and connecting with just all these amazing uh, content creators here in the state of hockey. So long story short, that's how it all went down. We're going strong. And not only do we have just a podcast serving the entire National Hockey League, because we do, we have additional content rolling out. We just signed on to the Fourth Line Voiced podcast, which is the, the OG fight-based, enforcer-based podcast. We're so excited that Southpaw, a.k.a. Darren, is joining, uh, uh, joining the network and, and rebooting his podcast. We have the Ice Analytics podcast, which is an all-analytics-based right. podcast. We have the House of Hockey, which is a lifestyle podcast hosted by two amazing women. And, uh, and uh, we're, we're, we're slowly bringing on some new stuff, too. And if all you folks are listeners of Spit and Chicklets, you'll know Terry Ryan very well. Well, the Hockey Podcast Network is the exclusive home for Terry Ryan's podcast, Tales with TR, that my buddy uh, and, and uh, business partner Dylan does an outstanding job of producing. So, so that's my story, man. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's great. You know, it, it's, it's such a pleasure to listen to, you know, you know where, where you guys came from and how it, it built to the point that you guys are at. Because, you know, I just happened to casually come across you know, one of your guys' podcasts. You, actually, the Soda Pod was the first podcast that I had come across. I didn't even come across the network first. It was actually that podcast. And that's how I ended up learning about it. And it just was very interesting because for, pe for people that really know me, they know that hockey is my number one sport. It's the sport that I love more than any other. I cover them all. But hockey is the one that really gets me, you know, the, the most passionate. And seeing that and, you know, being as active as I am on Twitter – I just said, you know what, I, I want to feel like I'm involved. So I'll just start, you know, 
you know, answering questions, you know, giving my opinion and just kind of dropping it. And it's just a pleasure that you guys respond. And it's, it's not just the soda pod, but it's been all these different podcasts that I've responded to things that I've tweeted out and, you know, just, it, it's, it's a great thing. And these podcasts are very entertaining and they're really for any sort of hockey fan out there. So any, if you're any sort of hockey fan, I would definitely go check these out because these are phenomenal. And, and Isha, you, you and the rest of the guys do a phenomenal job of, you know, bringing us really good content and a lot of the times very entertaining content uh, every week. And that's quite the, um, quite the experience. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of being a guest on Isha's podcast, the, the uh, Soda Pod. And also I was on the San Jose Shark Space podcast uh, last week as well. So I had the pleasure of, of checking out those guys. So I, I'm, I've been, uh, I've been trying to get, trying to get, uh, get to know everybody um, because it's, uh, th th these guys are great and they're, they're just a, a bunch. It really just great to be around. So, you know, it is a, it, it is a community and that's kind of what we, we plan because like I said, some of us, like uh, the, the, those who covered the Arizona Coyotes, uh, Sporty with Corey and Richie, both of them actually work in media. Richie works for Fox Sports uh, Radio and, and Corey works in the media, you know, who goes and gets interviews inside the locker room with the, with the Coyotes guys. So like they're very much in tune, but we also, a, a lot of us here are, are average Joes who, who know a lot about the sport and trust me, we wouldn't have recruited them and brought them to this network if we didn't if we personally as consumers weren't a fan of what they do but also respect their their hockey minds in general but i think one thing about the network that you know other than the obvious people who work within uh the media like like our philadelphia flyers guys snow the goalie they're they're some of the best espn radio insiders in the philadelphia market and we're so honored to have an affiliation with them and, and then be part of the network as well but but for everybody else we don't try to pretend like a lot of people do, in my opinion, who are, who are starting, you know, like, for example, in the Vancouver Canucks market, there's over 100 Canucks podcasts. And I have to admit that a lot of them just like to pretend that they're TSN radio or Sportsnet radio, right. which like they're not. So, you know, own what you are and use it to your advantage. And I think that's what our hosts bring to the Hockey Podcast Network. We know that we're not experts. We don't pretend to be. We give our opinions and we have fun. And I think that's the entertainment factor that a lot of our, our listeners keep coming back for. And on the point of interaction, well, if you don't interact with the people listening, what are you doing? This is the Hockey Podcast Network. It's all about networking. I mean, Neil, it, you are such a big fan. Like you said, starting out with the soda pod, always interacting. You retweet like everything the network posts now, which is amazing. And I thank you so much for it. But if yeah. I didn't interact with you, we wouldn't even be here right now, right? No, exactly. No, that's that, what that's, it's all about. That's the exact point. And that's what I love about the entire network. And like, it, it's, I've kind of made it like a personal goal to try to be, uh, try to be a guest on, on every single podcast that you guys have. Cause I feel like I, I would just, I, I just love interacting and like the amount of interaction that I get from not only you, but everyone else that I've talked to so far. And I haven't contacted all the podcasts yet, but you know, it, it, it's just been an absolute pleasure. And to be surrounded by a lot, a lot of people that, you know, like the sport as much as I do and have as much knowledge of the game as I do. It, it's just a, it's, it's just a great experience to, to be, to really be a part of and to really feel like you're part of like an entire hockey community. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. I think that's what we're most proud of. Obviously, like it, it was year one. It was the pilot season. We had to, we had to work some kinks out, but the engine is rolling and man, we were being tested with this uh, health crisis and 
our hosts have just come up. They've honestly, they've outstanding. They've uh, blown my expectations out of the water. They're producing outstanding content, both in podcast form and going above and beyond for our Patreon uh, supporters and, you know, YouTube content here and, and more promotion on social media. So at the end of the day, like we, we have a lot of things to, to continue to build on, continue to learn and continue to work on going into season two to really grow this thing. But the best thing and the thing that I'm most proud of is that we've built a, an awesome community and we have a great core of, uh, of both guys and gals who are moving forward with who are just unbelievable and we couldn't have imagined uh, the community aspect being as strong as it is. Absolutely. Well, well, again, it's really great that uh, you could take some time out of your day. Uh, obviously, I know time difference is a little bit, um, a little bit different because you're a couple hours behind. Uh, we're we are from the East Coast here on the Mofobo Network podcast, so uh, you know it's a time difference is a little bit. But again, we really appreciate having you on. So let's kind of jump into uh, my next thing, and we're going to focus a little bit on the Soda Pod since that's the the podcast that you really. Um, you really work with and you do a phenomenal job with. And that really focuses around the Minnesota Wild. So the Minnesota Wild are one of the handful of teams, as we know, that are only a few points out of a playoff spot when the league stopped because of the coronavirus situation. Now, people over the last couple of weeks have thrown out different ideas left and right as to how can we finish the season. Um, the NHL made it publicly clear today that they want to have a July time period to kind of, you know, restart and we'll not necessarily restart, but just kind of, you know, bring back the rest of the seat this, this past season so that they can move on to next year. I know that they also just announced just maybe an hour ago that they are not really interested in going to any venue that's not already been used by the NHL. So a lot of those other cities that were mentioned before, like North Dakota, are unfortunately not going to be involved. But, you know, with the Minnesota Wild, they're one of those teams, like we mentioned, that was just a few points out. And I, and I said it on Twitter and I'll say it on here, that it would make no sense to have a playoff format begin with the teams that are in now because you are discrediting the teams that are only a few points out and with 10, 11, 12, 13 games left in the season, you know, you're, you're, you're not giving them an opportunity to at least make an attempt to try to get in. So my question to you, Isha, is this. In, your, in a perfect world, what would you like to see happen for the Minnesota Wild with regards to how the rest of the season should play out? Oh man, it's hard because like this this world we're living in right now is far from perfect. But right. yeah, I just actually I just before hopping on with you read that article by Greg uh, Rashinsky, who I believe is a Jersey guy as well, out, out in your end, uh, your he neck is. of the woods. He is. Um, and he said just like you you said, instead of the league looking for uh, regional NHL arenas, or uh, instead of the NHL going to non-regional NHL arena, arenas like in North Dakota, like uh, what was rumored in uh, Northern Saskatchewan. The, the league does intend to use NHL arenas aligned by the division where the teams could potentially finish their season. And I think that's, that is smart. However, in regards to the amount of games played, I don't think they're going to be able to fast track all these games and then get like, finish the, the season in its entirety and then realistically have a Stanley Cup playoffs that late in the summer. Now they, they right. still could because everything's kind of up in the air right now in regards to, well, what, what even next season will look like in my mind, next season is, is the priority. And I know when you came on my podcast, I made that very clear. And I made that very clear on Twitter as well, that I think next season over this season, and it sucks to say, but it's already been, and I know it hasn't been too long. It's been like, you know, almost two months now, but it feels like, it feels like it's, yeah, just, just a month and a half or so. It feels like, 
it feels like a long time and it feels like though the players are, are, are staying in shape to the best of their ability from what I've heard and, and some of the people I've talked to. I mean, uh, Dylan talked to Brandon Dillon actually on the, the Stick Hungry podcast last week and he kind of said the same thing. Like we're trying to stay in shape, trying to do the best we can. But a lot of these players, it's, they're going to have to shake off the rust. They're going to have to have a training camp even before the season resumes. So how it would look like, they need to have a respectable and fair enough amount of games to really even the playing field. Because like you said, Minnesota is in one of the handful of teams who are just on the brink of making the playoffs. And we're not even talking about the Pacific Division. If you look at the Pacific Division, man, there's so many. It depends what avenue you use to 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 ultimately grant these teams a playoff position are we looking at uh points percentage are we looking at a number of goals for mixed in with like a a percentage of x y and z like i don't have the article up in front of me but uh, our ice analytics host dr matthew arp he posted something recently on twitter which gave like six alternatives to how the nhl could proceed in seeding the playoffs and if we're starting that right now it's just not fair and arguably, even if, say, the NHL allowed just, I don't know, 10 more games or even as low as like six, you could make an argument that well, whatever avenue you go to see the playoffs still isn't fair, but there has to be something. So there, there has to be some, if, again, perfect world, they're going to resume the season and have a Stanley Cup playoffs, there has to be some sort of way to really um, well grant these teams an opportunity to compete and at least narrow down flatten the playing field just a little bit because i mean the minnesota wild if, if they win if, if they're above 500 in whatever the the playing field turns out to be then they do still have a chance to make the playoffs yeah no i mean you're, you're absolutely right and, and that see that it's it's just such a tough you know situation that we're in because when you look at some of the teams that right now are out of the playoffs or not in a playoff spot when the season stopped, you know, you have teams like in the Eastern Conference, you have the Islanders and Rangers who have been battling it out, you know, the past couple of months prior to the stoppage, and they're only a point and change out. You have other teams, like even the Florida Panthers are right there with a possibility. And then we mentioned the Minnesota Wild. You have the Vancouver Canucks. The Coyotes are not terrible, not that far out. So th- there really isn't that many teams that are, you can say, okay, they're definitely not going to make it no matter what situation that we play in. But there are so many other teams that you say, well, you know, they only need about two or three more victories to really kind of jump a bunch of teams and get into a playoff spot. So I'm with you 100% that the NHL should really start and finalize the decision to say, okay, well, I think we should just move into next season. Because if you try to finish the season and then only give like a week or two off for players and then just start the next year – these guys are not going to be fully, fully, you know, in, they're, they're not going to be fully ready to go. They're going to be pretty tired considering that you're going to have that long series, you know, these long series in the postseason. And it, it's, just a, it's just a very difficult spot. But again, we know that the NHL is going to try and want to make as much money as they can during this whole uh, coronavirus pandemic because pretty much it seems like everybody's losing money, unfortunately, when it comes to um, – when it comes to this situation. So it's a tough deal, but I think at the end of the day, the main thing is everybody's safety. And also the fact that if you want to, you know, get off to a good start with next season, you just have to put this season aside. In 2005, we didn't even have an NHL season and there was no Stanley cup awarded. 
So what's there to say that they can't just do this again? They've done it before, obviously for different reasons, but at the same time, you still have this, this possibility. So I think that that's something that the NHL should take into heavy consideration. And also, like you were talking about as well, Isha. Now, another, another question that I have for you is this. When you look at the Minnesota Wild as a whole and how their season had been going up until this point, you know, the, the biggest thing was the fact that they fired Bruce Boudreaux, and it seems like the team has kind of played a little bit better since then. Do you feel that there was a justification for, you know, the, for Billy Guerin, who's the new GM of the Wild, to make the decision to fire Bruce Boudreaux at the time that, they, that he did? Yeah, I, I do. And this is coming from a fan, uh, coming from a fan of Boudreaux. I, I also love the Washington Capitals. You know, regionally, Vancouver Canucks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bleed green, green and blue just because I was, I was born and, uh, and raised in the province of British Columbia. But I am by no means and nor do I subscribe to the craziness that is Canucks Twitter. They're a different breed in themselves and I like to stay far away from that. I'm also <laughs> a fan of the Capitals. Um, before covering the Minnesota Wild. And I have to say, I'm a big fan of this team now. But those are like my three teams. Right. And when Bruce Boudreaux is with the Capitals, man, especially during that HBO coverage, uh, during the Winter Classic run, I believe oh, it was in like 2010, 2011. Classic. It is a man. classic. That is one of the most, that, that's one of the most iconic series. Oh, it is. entire thing. And that whole like, him cussing out the players in that last right? scene, that's probably one of the highlights of the entire show. Oh, talking about just loving Hagen Dawes and oh man, right. he's just he's such a beauty and he's such a character. Um, unlike you know that of Babcock, who who's very polarizing. Boudreaux, he's like he's still a kid in a candy store, and he kind of describes himself as like I just love like I'm serious and I love to win, and we can see that on the bench. I mean, there's enough gifts about him saying darn <laughs> as as I'm sure you're <laughs> aware of, but he loves it and he's fun, and the players for the most part buy into his system because of right. that. If you look at Bruce Boudreaux's track record pretty much every pro team that he's coached has made the playoffs <laughs> and, and, he, and then he's brought them to the playoffs. They've had outstanding regular seasons. Now getting it done in the playoffs at the national hockey league level, that's been, that's been hard for him. He's obviously got it done in the AHL. And there's some good stories about that too. If you folks want to follow Michael Russo, of the athletic um, him and Boudreaux get into all the behind the scenes stories, which I won't get into here, but back to your question, I think it was justified only because a, this wasn't Billy Guerin's guy. He acquired Boudreaux when he, you know, stepped in as the general manager of this team. Boudreaux was on the last year of his contract. Um, the, the team did not start well this season now. And, and I, I agree with the decision that Billy Guerin made to wait and not fire him right when it was the, the worst part of the season because, well, this team had a really heavy road schedule to start. And I, and I, and I, I say that not as an excuse. Like this was the, and this is again, from someone who followed the Vancouver Canucks, this Minnesota wild schedule is probably the worst schedule that I've ever seen a team that I've covered have, um, yeah. you know, like 12 games on the road back home for two, the seven games on the road back home for one. It was just, it was ridiculous. So the players were stressing out, they weren't winning. And, you know, Jason Zucker, for example, when he was still on the roster was very vocal um, right. and kind of took a few shots at, at Boudreaux. I don't think like intentionally, but you know, frustrations uh, were overblown. I, another reason why I think it was justified was, Billy Guerin probably would have kept him if they were just 100% on the same page, but they operate a little differently. Boudreaux right. still wanted to win, and, and obviously Billy Guerin wants to win, but Boudreaux wanted to do it at the expense of giving the young players more rope, where Billy Guerin was kind of like, I want to see what I have in these players as, as I'm new. And to, to 
to his credit, some of them Bruce Boudreau wasn't entirely familiar with as well. Like, for example, Ryan Donato. He only got when Boudreau was the head coach like 10 minutes a night. He still managed to score goals, but we wouldn't see him at all in the third period or late in game. So I think deployment is what ultimately got him fired. I think him and Billy Guerin were just on different pages in regards to who gets deployed because once Billy Guerin uh, fired Boudreau and the interim coach uh, came in and took the reins, we saw a spike uh, not necessarily, a, I guess a little bit of a spike, but we saw more of uh, an even four-line deployment. And then suddenly the guys like Joel Erickson, Eck, Jordan Greenway, and even um, Ryan Donato given more of an opportunity to thrive. Ryan Donato had 14 goals this season, um, I believe fourth or fifth in scoring on this team with limited minutes. Imagine if this guy was uncaged and had a little bit more defensive support on, on his wingers, not buried on the third or fourth line. I think there's still something there with this kid. So ultimately with all the, with all those things in mind, I think it was justified. Yeah. It just still sucks though, because Boost Boudreaux was just as much of a fan favorite as any of these players on, on the wild team. So they were devastated, but the state of hockey, they're, they're a smart crowd. So they understood it, yeah. but it was a little sad. It, it was. It was one of the – other than probably Gerard Gallant getting fired by Vegas, it was probably oh, yeah. one of the most surprising ones because I was sitting there saying, you know, Minnesota's not having a bad year. It's not like they're towards the bottom of their division or, or the conference or the league. And it was just kind of like a head-scratching thing. But I think when you look at it, Bruce Boudreaux, the only time that I can really recall the fact that he was on a team that was much more in focusing on developing was when he was coaching the Hershey Bears way back in the day before he took the, the Capitals job. But since, since he's really kind of gotten into the NHL, he, he's really just been around teams that were more, you know, Stanley Cup playoff, you know, tested teams that, you know, were trying to win the Cup. Even when he got to Minnesota originally, you know, the, the Wild were one of the uh, a pretty consistent playoff team. And, I mean, they still are because every year they, get, they put themselves in a good position. And I think that's primarily have to do with the fact that they don't have any, you know, big-name stars. They kind of just play a team game, which – is, is super important and super vital. So, hey, you know, was, so, sorry to jump in there, but this is something that pisses me off. People say they don't have stars. Jared Spurgeon is in the top five of the best defenders in the entire league, and people say that Minnesota doesn't have a star. It blows my mind because this guy is elite. I think part of it has to do with, unfortunately, that even though, you know, we, we think when people think of hockey in the United States, I think one of the main places they think about is obviously Minnesota and, and all the incredible events and things that they do. And uh, trust me, I, I need to get out there because I need to experience that uh, for myself. But I, I really love the fact that, that you defend, um, you know, that argument there and you say, hey, you know, uh, th there are stars in this team. And, and I'm with you on that because I think that, you know, I, I'm not necessarily one of the fans that believes in that type of saying I do think I do think that there are guys that can become not only just like really good hockey players but guys that the entire league would know now they do already have guys like Ryan Sutter and Zach Parise and guys like that but they're kind of towards the end of their career and yeah of course a lot of, a lot of guys want to focus more on the guys that are uh, up and coming um, one guy that I've said before and I know he doesn't have a great track record so far but he's very young is Kapo Kakinen their young goaltender where Again, his stats don't jump out at you. They really don't. But at the same time, he shows promise to be a franchise goaltender. And sometimes that's how you end up figuring it out. And he has the makings to be that goaltender for the future that Billy Garrett is wanting for. Because let's face it, Alex Stalock and Devin Dubnik are getting up there in age and are not going to be the same guys in the next two or three years that they might be now. 
So you have stuff like that. But I think there is some positivity and also just some optimism when you look at the Minnesota Wild team as a whole. And so talking about Bruce Boudreau, because we talked about him just for a minute, is um, it kind of brings me to my next question is this. Now, there are a handful of teams out there that are going to be looking for a new head coach going into next season. And one team that was already mentioned uh, that was actually mentioned originally by Pierre Lebrun on the latest insider trading um, show that he, um, that he was basically uh, working with. He had mentioned that the New Jersey Devils have already decided to interview a handful of coaches, I think between six or seven already, including, and not surprisingly, interim head coach Elaine Nazreddin and the former Vegas Golden Knights head coach Gerard Gallant. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised that Bruce Boudreaux was in that discussion as well. But interim GM Tom Fitzgerald uh, made the choice to do this. Um, my question to you, Isha, is this. As a Devils fan, and also just as a hockey fan in general and an analyst in looking at it, who do you think out of a lot of the guys that are available right now would be, in your opinion, best fit for the Devils going forward? Oh, man, that's uh, that's a loaded question there now it's interesting because the devils are kind of they're a rebuilding team they have some star power and they have some solid veterans but for the most part they're not going to get it done next season in my opinion now any team can catch fire and obviously jack hughes is going to take another step in his development Nico hisha i truly believe can be a star in this league you know he is a truly amazing player i just think he gets buried under under conversations about you know the pk subans the jack hughes for example um I don't know if, put it this way, I don't know if an established coach like Bruce Boudreau is the right fit for this team because Boudreau would probably want a team that at least is a year or two ahead of the curve. Like right off the top of my head, and I know this, I know the Toronto Maple Leafs aren't entertaining a coaching change right now because they're, they're very satisfied with their, their interim coach. But Bruce Boudreau behind uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs bench, I think that would be better suited to, to his skill set because he doesn't, have to, he doesn't have to develop. He doesn't have to teach. He just has to implement a system where the New Jersey Devils, they might not to say that they shouldn't go after a coach who isn't established, but they need to go after a coach to bring, bring in the system who has that wiggle room for some development but also can implement a system that this team can grow around. I mean, to, just to, to continue the conversation back and forth, what are some of the names that have jumped off or some of the names that interest you? And then maybe I can give an opinion on those. Well, I mean, the two guys that I, a lot of people would know that I have consistently harped on that I would want to see the Devils um, try to go after is obviously Gerard Gallant. I've mentioned him numerous times. And, I, and a lot of Devils... See, that would be perfect. Yeah, I mean, he's... See, to me, the Devils, what they, what they don't have right now is a coach that's going to be in your face, that's going to be bluntly honest with how the team is performing, and is not going to be afraid to challenge guys, especially with these guys that are young, still trying to develop, and still trying to learn how to play a solid brain of hockey. That's what I think John Hines in many ways lacked as a head coach. He's going, he went through the experience the first time, and I think that he was much more of a development coach, and obviously he didn't. I don't think sometimes he did a good job of developing, but that's a discussion for another day. But Gerard Gallant, the type of personality that he has would be great. Uh, another guy that's out there would be Peter Laviolette. Now, that's a little bit different because Peter Laviolette is more of a coach that's for a team that can, you know, is in a win-now situation as opposed to maybe a team that's another two or three years away. But again, 
same type of personality. And the only other guy I can think of that's actually not available, but I don't know if, if, if uh, he's interested in going somewhere else, would be someone like a John Tortorella. I mean, having Torts come back to the you know, metropolitan area would be a great thing for Devils fans and for the media themselves because of how bluntly honest he is with everyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think those would be the three guys that I would say would be the, be the candidates, in my opinion, I'd like to see the Devils try to go after. So what say you? Well, I think Gallant's probably on, on the top of their list because A, he's a player's coach. He, he has, he's such a brilliant hockey mind that he can implement systems in the short term and to build off of. And, you know, he, he's always been playing with house money, it seems like. He was on a Florida Panthers team that didn't have a lot of expectations, and he was able to catch fire with them. He was the head coach of the expansion Vegas Golden Knights where there wasn't a lot of expectations, and, oh, boy, did he catch fire with them. So with a team like the New Jersey Devils, that may be just the perfect fit. Whether or not he wants to go through all that again, that's up to him. But, um, I mean, the tort, the tort subject, too, is pretty funny now because he's kind of a dice roll. It's like he either works well with a young team because I, I personally think he works his system and his just way of operating works better with younger players who kind of, like, you have a lot to lose versus uh, some of the more veterans who kind of just, like, scoff at, okay, like, I don't like the, the Gabricks, for example, when he was with New York, who kind of just right. like, man, like, what, what are you doing here? Why are you screaming at me? I dominate this league. Like, so that could kind of be, it either can go like very well or very poorly with, with Tortorella. And I really don't think he's on the outs with the Columbus Blue Jackets because I think he's found a fit doing just that with that young core. Honestly, man, Gallant seems like the right choice to me. And just to quickly go back to Boudreaux as I was just kind of just scanning some things here. I think the Calgary Flames are, are, are another great option for Bruce Boudreaux because that team, they're there. They just need someone who can properly bring them to the promised land. Yeah, no, I mean, look, like we mentioned before, there are a handful of teams out there that are going to be looking for a new head coach going into next season. We, we had a handful, a handful of firings, including even with the Dallas Stars, which I got to tell you, it was really sad to hear the, the way it all went down yeah, yeah. with them. But I, I'm hoping that uh, – you know, you know, not necessarily cooler hands prevail, but but things work out, um, you know, in the near future for everyone involved. But you know, again, as a passionate Devils fan, it's somebody that I, you know, obviously I'm still very young, and I have yet to see the Devils make it past the first round of the playoffs, let alone make the playoffs once in my lifetime. Um, but it, it, I, I just want um, a guy that's just going to be honest, and that's why I like Tom Fitzgerald to become the full-time general manager of the team because he's just very honest with where he sees the team. He says, no, I don't think we're a Stanley Cup contender. I think we'll need another three or four years to get there. And it's like, okay, now we have some honesty. Now we know where we're going. So let's continue to build off of that and move forward. And I think getting a guy like Gerard Gallant, who has that type of experience of taking, you know, teams that maybe people think are not, you know, great places to go coach, uh, and and have success. And I think you know with his honesty and the way and the way his coaching style is, I think it would be good for a lot of the young players and even some of the veteran guys, depending on who the Devils keep and who they may try to get in free agency. So the, you know those are just some options that I think would be um, would be good. But uh, you know, unfortunately for us, Isha, that is going to actually do it for for this uh, this edition of the Mofobo Network podcast. Now before. We let you go, my friend. I like to give all of my guests an opportunity to kind of plug themselves on social media and all their things. So the floor is yours, my friend. Please tell the world where we can learn about the hockey pod, you know, stuff that you're doing and everything in between. 
Oh, thanks again for having me, Neil. It's been an absolute pleasure. I mean, I just looked at the clock. I'm like, oh man, we've been going off so long here. We could, we could honestly, you and I talk hockey all day. Like, and that's no joke to all your listeners. Um, you can find me on Twitter at VI Sports Talk. And uh, you, you've plugged the, the Soda Pod a lot here. Uh, the Twitter account's at the Soda Pod. Um, you can find the podcast on any podcast platform that you use. Uh, we've scaled back due to just this health crisis, our NHL content to just one day a week. So every Monday, if you subscribe to at the soda pod or any other of the hockey podcast networks, uh, single show feeds, they're all available Monday morning. If you want, if you want everything all in one hub and we just encourage that everyone at least subscribe to this because it just helps out our business, whether you listen to them or not on this platform is to subscribe on the hockey podcast network again on, on all um, on all platforms. You can find our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. It makes it very easy to navigate through the shows that you want. All the icons are just right there on one page. You click it, it takes you to a playlist on SoundCloud of the team that you and additional shows that you want to, uh, to listen to. We, we always have a ton of giveaways on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's kind of our hub right now. We're starting to roll out more Instagram content, more YouTube content. Um, if you want to support our hosts, uh, Dylan and I and, and then the other managers behind the scenes we don't dig into to any of this on Patreon uh, patreon.com slash the hockey podcast network more and more content is coming out through them as well and it's just a way to 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 reward our hosts for just all the the extra hard work that they put into this network we have a ton of deals from sponsors again if you can find it mainly on twitter at hockey pod net we have uh, for all you american listeners 60 percent off uh reebok for the next three days you if go. you use our if you use our promo code it's it's all there at hockey pod net and uh and neil i wanted to i don't know how much you want to tease this here but <laughs> we uh we may be working together sooner than later and i'm, I'm again all back to full circle in why we named this the hockey podcast network was to network and connect with people and you being a New Jersey guy in particular. I mean, a lot of things just may work out in both our, in both of our favors here as, uh, as you may be, uh, you may be joining the network down the road. Yeah, no, I, uh, I've kind of, kind of kept it under wraps the last couple of uh, days and uh, I kind of wanted to wait for a, a good time, basically when it was official that, you know, I was going to be joining, but I guess it's better late than never to, uh, say that I, I actually am going to be joining the Hockey Pod Network and I'm going to become the New Jersey Devils host along with, and I've actually been uh, kind of working while we've been recording this podcast, I've been talking to uh, Sense Sturian Overtaking um, and actually have one of, one of their guys uh, be one of the other hosts of that show. So it'll be two of us uh, hosting that show together. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I even came up with a name already, Isha. Uh, that I'm, uh, I, I hope you like, and I hope that the, the viewers like if you want to hear it. Please do, man, because I'm so pumped that you're part of this network now. Yeah, so I was thinking we'd call it the uh, Devils in the Detail. Um, oh, I love it. Devils yes. in the Detail uh, podcast. So, uh, That's yeah, awesome. Um, I'm trying to figure out who exactly uh, I'm talking to. I think who am I talking? I think I'm talking to um, Shane, Shane I'm Ryan. I'm talking to Shane Ryan, right. He, uh, he asked me, he said, like, do you want you want to co-host and I said yeah sure why not I said you've been already doing it so you might as well just stick around you know and uh and, and do that so yeah it'll be both of us uh doing it together so um you know I'm looking forward to it uh it does not mean that the Mofobo Network podcast is going away I will always be here for you guys trying to get you out at least one or two episodes per week but uh again Isha my friend thank you so much for coming on today we really appreciate you listening and uh 
and also, you know, showing support on our end as well. So thank you so much, man. Oh, thank you, Neil, both for having me, for connecting, supporting the network, and for now working with the network covering the New Jersey Devils, man. Like, the f once we connected and talked, I just knew you were the guy. And yeah, we've been kind of keeping it under wraps as we're, we're slowly, like, going through details and, well, well building up the product to, to release. But I'm so happy to have connected with you, so happy to be on this show. And for all you Mofobo listeners, uh, stay tuned for an awesome New Jersey Devils podcast. Yeah, well, thank you again. Isha, and thank everybody out there for listening to this edition of the Mofobo Network podcast. As always, it means the world to me. You guys spend some time out of your day to listen to me talk about the wide world of sports. And uh, as always, if you want to check out more, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast on, you know, you could go on Anchor where, you know, the podcast is. You can go on Spotify or really anywhere you find podcasts. Just search for my name, Neil Villapiano, or Mofobo Network podcast and you will find it. If you want to follow me on social media to kind of interact with me there, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My Twitter handle is T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, and my Instagram handle is N-V-P-Q-B-11. And also, make sure to like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network YouTube channel, as we will have a weekly video coming out pretty much, like I said, you know, every single week. You know, this past week, we did Roberto Clemente, this week coming up, we'll be recapping some of the top picks from this year's NFL draft since it is tomorrow. So that should be a lot of fun. So make sure to like, subscribe to that. And also, one thing before I let everyone go today is make sure to also check out and buy my book on Amazon.com, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Ecstasy. Now, let's forget about the ecstasy of being a New York Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, or just a sports fan in general and you want to support, go check it out. Go buy the book either for the hardcover or the online version for the price of $19.69. And if you're a Jets fan, you know why I chose that. So those are all the, those are all the ways you can keep in contact with me. So I hope you guys do. So thank you all very much. And as I always say, have a great day out there for all, for all, the, for all the people in the world. And also, as I always say, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what problems, make sure to always remember to kick some Mofobo. For Isha, I'm Neil Villapiano. This has been the Mofobo Network Podcast, and we will see you in the next one. Have a great day. Be safe. God bless. Have a good one.